This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. So who here has heard of Tully Lou? Awesome. Okay, nearly half the room. Okay, for those of you that haven't, it's this awesome activewear brand, but it's kind of got this like spunk about it. It is, um, they're obviously Melbourne-based girls. It's also like street, really cool streetwear. They've given us a pair of tights to give away as well um, at the end. So hopefully someone, hopefully you guys win it. Um, these two girls are incredible little go-getters and I've just always got good vibes off them, whether it be in a yogi class or just running in. We go to the same coffee place sometimes, just running into each other and I'm like, you're legends. So that is why we have the directors of Tully Lou here. And I make this mistake about people when I, when I introduce them. I introduce them as their Insta handle. It just happened with Bridie before. Um, so I always call Sarah Pacini Spinashi. Is that what I call Spacini? <laughs> so we're going to welcome Sarah Spacini. Yeah, Matt's like, you got it right. He practised it with me like four times in the car. And Tully Humphrey. Um, can we give them a big round of applause? Yeah. Did you <laughs> Welcome. That's your waters, guys. Thank you. Okay, awesome. It's all working. So I just gave the guy, the room, I don't know, if, could you hear us? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, a little taste of you guys and what Tully Lou was all about. In kind of like, a, just before we get into the questions, in a kind of sentence each, what is, if someone said to you, you're in an interview, what is Tully Lou? I would say it's like a fierce, act, strong, Far out. Shit, now I forgot it. <laughs> you can swear <laughs> on the spot there. Sarah. So I would say a fashion forward active wear. That's awesome. what I was going to say. Yeah. I, like fearless, <laughs> I like strong and fearless too though yeah. and fierce. I think that's – I think that's – I remember the first time that you guys uh, like were launching and I was like, I feel like Daft Punk, oh, yeah. like – I love the was it the mesh? like the Tron remember the yeah. Tron hands yeah yeah and I was just like oh I feel like and and it <clears throat> is not just um, active wear but it's also streetwear street yeah hundred percent yeah okay so I also want to know what before Tully Lou so I think let's go back to the start let's go back to you and I met each other at Bikram Yoga when you were my teacher and we yeah. were probably both. I was probably 22 or 23. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was probably about 19. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I remember at Bikram, has anyone here done Bikram? We were like It's hard. (laughs) Addicts. We do like 40-day challenges, crazy Crazy. pants style stuff. That's when we had no life. Well, I feel like I had no life. I had time to do 90 minutes of yoga. And we'd go for coffee after and Tully'd be like, so I've got this idea. I want to do an activewear brand. And I'm like, yeah, like do it. And so we'd have these kind of little motivational kind of like coffees. 
yeah, boss, can you do the door? Is that okay? Sorry. I keep looking at this door that's open and I'm oh, like, was... no, don't worry. There's so many. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting for people listening to the podcast. You notice sound, you look at sound in such a different way and little things like everywhere you record, you'll, you'll just get to know like trams and, mm. and, you know, like if an elevator is near a room, you just, it becomes this, you become your own kind of like sound engineer or producer um, we're lucky though. Shout out to Boss who does <laughs> that, does everything. Okay, so t- tell tell me about um, like. So I've only known Sarah in recent kind of years, yeah. probably last five years or so, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. But we still have catch up at Yokes. Um, tell me where you both were because I know that initially Tully Lou was your baby, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Where were you? Um. So I. Where was I? So, yeah, I started Tellylu in 2012. Um, I started Tellylu because when I was a teenager, I was diagnosed with anorexia and depression. So I had to finish school um, around year 10 to recover at home. That was kind of my recovery process. I could have gone to rehab or hospital, but I chose to recover at home. I grew up in the country. Um, and yeah, I was recovering at home and that's kind of where I found my yoga path. Um, when I was recovering, I just kind of fell into yoga. I was seeing a therapist who was quite holistic and I'm quite lucky back when I was like 14, 15, I fell into that holistic kind of world quite young, like meditation and yoga and stuff, which I'm so grateful for now. Um, and yeah, I kind of fell into yoga. She was like, I think you should try yoga. So I fell into yoga, was doing that at home on like a silly, like DVD. I actually think it was Jerry from Spice Girls. Like it was like a Jerry. <laughs> Yes, so she's Do you remember? making yoga yes, famous, I, like, yes. Back then, I, I literally think it was that. I probably still got it somewhere. Um, and I quickly became addicted to the yoga because it kind of um, took me out of my head for like the hour or whatever it was and it took, like didn't have to stress about food or what my weight was and I just fell in love with like that feeling. So that's where my love of yoga kind of came about. And, um, yeah, I was doing that constantly and I was kind of on like getting a little bit better and mum and dad were like, I think it's time you should probably do something. You're kind of, you know, just locking yourself in your room. And like, I was very OCD. I had depression, like all this kind of stuff. So um, I started going to Melbourne School of Fashion because I was really passionate about fashion. And I knew that I wanted to start a label in the future. But obviously back then I didn't think it was going to be yoga wear. I thought it'd be like evening wear. So then I started doing that and then I remember driving past um, the Bikram Yoga Studio in Fitzroy like every day and I just like I just got drawn to it and then I started doing yoga there. Back then I was probably doing it more for the calories because I was obsessed with burning calories and like whenever I'd eat I'd be like, oh my God, I have to go to yoga because I can't get fat. Um, so then I, I started, can totally agree yeah. because Bikram has burned 700 calories. Yeah, and I it? knew yeah. what the calories were yeah, so I was, I was like, no, no, no. So every time I'd like eat, well, my reward was to do yoga so then I didn't get fat. So crazy now how the mind works, but um, I was just in this trap and yeah, started doing yoga and I was doing that for a while on my recovery process. And I remember one day I was in a yoga class and I remember just looking around. I was still like, it took me a long time to recover from my eating disorder, to be honest, probably about 26, 27, I completely kind of got over it. It's like a 10 year recovery. Yeah, it was a while. Like I got diagnosed when I was 14, but to be fair, I don't think like, and I still have my days like, but um yeah, so then I was in a yoga class and I was looking around the room and I was like, far out, like all the women are in like really baggy black kind of clothing. And back then activewear wasn't a thing. It was just like Nike, Adidas and like Lorna Jane. Yeah. And um, I just remember thinking, shit, maybe I should start a yoga brand. Like I want to start a label and I love yoga and I love what it's done for me and I would love to like um, 
dress women to make them feel really confident so they do want to work out and they look good they feel good because I mean I don't know about you guys when you get like a new gym set like you want to go to the gym the next day like you're pumped (laughs) yeah so I was like okay I think this is what I want to do so that's when the idea came about and then I kind of shipped myself to Los Angeles I actually went to the Bikram yoga training because I kind of knew that I needed a job on the side I didn't know how well the brand was going to go and then yeah shipped myself to LA taught I did the yoga training came back isn't Bikram training really like such a digress it's, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And there's a doco on Netflix. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have watched it, but everything in that is true. But then also, <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah, it, yeah, that was crazy. But um, yeah, so I did that and then came back and taught for a while and then started the brand. And um, it got took off and then I ended up kind of not teaching yoga as much and then started Tally Lou full time. So one thing on that when we we caught up for coffee, these girls are very organised. They're like, can we practice? Yeah. We hatch up for coffee. And, we, and you mentioned because you dropped out of school, you kind of were like, am I smart enough to yeah. be a businesswoman? Am I? A, yeah, it's a trigger of mine. So because I finished school in year 10, I had this thing in my head that I was too dumb to do anything else. Like, I, And it's still a trigger to this day. I'm like, well, I didn't finish school. I'm dumb. Um, I can't go to university because like back then like if you didn't do year 12 it was like well what university are you going to go to you can't go to uni if you didn't finish school so I was like fuck I'm dumb like I can't do anything so my back then I was like the only thing I can do is start my own business and I'm the kind of person that doesn't really want to work for anyone else anyway but that was kind of my mentality so my thing was like my only option is to teach yoga and start my own business so I did I thought I was dumb. Aren't some of the most successful people people that have dropped out of school like or failures? Yeah true yeah. Like Steve Jobs and yeah, like Richard Branson. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. I think you're, you're you're on the way up. You know, like, <laughs> you're like totally doing Humphrey. pretty well. <laughs> I wouldn't mind me where Richard Branson is, but, um, yeah, crazy. So at this time, did you guys know, like, were you mates for ages or Because you no. were following your dream career at this yeah. stage, weren't yeah. you? I, um, so going back to how it all came about with me is, I'm so into sport and was such an athlete growing up, played elite level volleyball. And then when I was 16, I actually had a serious motorbike accident. Had to take half a year off school to recover because had to have skin grafts, all that kind of thing. And they were like, didn't know if I was going to lose my leg. And um, so after that, I kind of went into like a life crisis at 16, I think, because I was like, what am I going to do if I'm not going to be an elite athlete? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, what else can I do in the health, wellness, exercise field? And I was like, oh, I'll work for an AFL club. So, Sick. yeah, <laughs> dream job. Like my whole family is obsessed with AFL. So I was like, that's what I'll, I'll do. Like that's what I want to do. So I went to uni, studied exercise science, majored in nutrition and um, ended up at an AFL football club. And I was like, yep, done. Like life complete. And I hated it absolutely hated it like I actually dreaded going there and weekends going to games and I was just like this isn't for me and then I had other things in my life going on as well and I was like everything's out of my control like nah stuff is um I'm running away so that's my like coping mechanism is running away so went over to Italy and worked with a couple of cyclists over there in um nutrition (laughs) Came back, and I think that's probably when I first met you was about 23, 24 yeah. in yoga. I had started the brand. Maybe the brand was like two years old yeah. already, mm. and then I met Sarah at yeah. yoga. Yeah. I came back, and my sister was pregnant, so I worked for the family business, helping out, 
And then I was like, no, nah, I'm going to I'm gonna go back to Italy. I'm going to live in Milan. I'm going to live the high life. And I was like, so I did that and I was on the phone to tell every single day just hating life, crying. hating it, crying. Yeah, <laughs> literally crying. So I think I was there for about four months, came back home and, um, again, just working for the family business because I wasn't sure if I wanted to use my degree or not. And then I was just doing some work for tell, like writing some blogs and all that on health and wellness and she's like, got to a stage where you're like, I actually... I was going to quit. Yeah. I got to a stage where my health was getting in the way. Like I was getting like panic attacks, anxiety, like because I was running the business by myself and I just, my mum was like, you can't keep doing this. And I was like, no, 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 I can, I can. I'm a, like, this is what I do, I can. <laughs> um, and then I got to a point I was like, I have to quit. Like I can't do this anymore. And I'm not a quitter, but I was just like... Done. Um, yeah, 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 done. So did you see something in, did Sarah see something in the business that was like, no, no, I can, oh, we, we got this, we got this. But I think by that stage we'd had a f- quite a few celebrities in the stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, we had. Yeah. And I, I was like, I was really passionate about the brand because I could see how passionate Tal was and yeah. just the mission around like just trying to empower women, empower women like, Tells like when you look good, you feel good. So I was like, I really believed in that that mentality. Yeah, totally. So I was like, nah, I I can't let you give up on your dream. Like, let's do this together. So I think that's when it all started. Yeah. Just before I go into you two working together, you also when you went through your accident, your control mechanism was mm-hmm. similar to Tully's. Tull- yeah, Is that so correct? I because everything out of my life was out of control. I was like okay, what can I control? So I controlled what I ate and how I exercise. So I did the over-exercise, control what you eat kind of mentality. And I think the stats are crazy, but it's very, very high for women to like the three of us on, on stage and we've all experienced some form of an eating disorder yeah. or over-exercising, it all comes under the same umbrella. So I just think it's really important to touch on that because I'm pretty sure that we're not the only three people in this room that have experienced something like that. So it's just empowering to hear people share it. I love breaking stigmas. (laughs) The next thing I want to ask you guys, you're born a day apart, same hospital. Double cancerians. (laughs) All the emotions. So sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. So... um, how is it working with your best bud, like your soul bud? Like I imagine it's like epic but also do you get get on each other's nerves? Is it frustrating? Uh, I'll let you answer that, Help. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we are very like we had a podcast the other day actually with a friend and we are talking about it um, and we're very similar but we're very different. It can be challenging, not going to lie, like um, – we, but then it's, we just, we know what we have to work on. Our communication together is quite bad um, because we have that sisterly kind of relationship. You know how you talk to people you love the most, probably the worst. That's kind of like our relationship, but we're working on like being more aware, like of the communication. It's like, oh, your tone of your voice is not very nice. <laughs> or like, um, Sarah would be like, tell you that was rude. Um, so... Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Do you know when we when we caught up to do this coffee catch up before this? 
there were, we were talking about podcasting and I was like, guys, you guys oh, should yeah. have a podcast. And Tully's like, yeah, well, Sarah's worried about this, this and this. And Sarah's like, no, mate. <laughs> yeah. well, I actually. just wanted to talk to somebody. And Tully's like, no, 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 you didn't want And I was like, it's okay. I'll put you in touch with Matt. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> Mediator yeah. of the coffee. It's so funny. Like we'll sit down and people were like, oh, they'll walk away and they're like, oh, God, are you guys all right? Like that was a bit of a fun. I'm like, that wasn't a fun. No, like, I liked it. That was a it. conversation. Um, no, so it's like it's amazing. So it is amazing. Um, but we know we have to work on communication and stuff like that. But like, like we all do. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, Tally described it the other day as um, as we're getting older. <laughs> that we're, Yeah, we're more patient and yeah, more aware. Of ourselves and how we interact with other people. And I think like especially last year for us was a big learning curve on how we treat each other and how we want to treat each other. Yeah, nice. And all the yoga training as well. I don't know if this happened with you, but often when you do yoga training, you're taught to say, hey, when this happens, I, I feel. feel. Yeah. As opposed to you just yeah. make me right off. Yeah. <laughs> you're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I do do that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, mate, fireball over yeah. here. Don't worry. So you touched on this before with you've had some celebs in it. Ta- take me through. I know you've had Gigi mm-hmm. in it. Take me through some of the highlights, like where you're like yep. pinch me moments. We've caught up in LA yeah. and you guys like just take me on. You're like, yeah, you need to go here. You need to do this. And you've kind of got like you've had teams working for you in LA. Like I've seen you do a big event. Like yeah. did you do an event at EPLP Yeah, we did, we did like a yoga boxing event mm. on the top of EPLP in Los it's Angeles. massive kind of like it's a rooftop yeah. bar, but massive. It's Australian owned. Um but yeah, no. So uh, probably the pinch myself, pinch myself, pinch, pinch myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Moment would probably be Gigi. Um, so when she was probably let me like five years ago yeah. now. Yeah. So um, I hate asking friends for help. I just, I mean, I do now, but like back then, I just, I'm not that kind of person. Like, um, and she was here for the Melbourne Cup, so mm-hmm. she was an ambassador for Melbourne Cup, and. Um, I saw her put a photo on Instagram and I saw actually one of my friends in the background and she's a stylist and she was assisting Gigi stylist. And I saw Jenna in the background and I was like, oh my God, that's Jenna. I was like, maybe I should ask her if I could gift. I've never gifted anything to a celebrity before. Like this was the first time. And I was like, oh, maybe I should ask Jen if like she can gift her a pair of leggings. Like, oh no, no, that's like, I can't do that. Like, I don't want to do that. It's fine. And I was like, no, actually, fuck it. I'm going to ask her. Like, I'm going to hustle. This is why, this is what people do. I'll do it. Mm. So anyway, I messaged Jenna and I'm like, hey, I just saw you in the back of Gigi's photo. Like, is it okay if I put together a package and you gift Gigi? And she's like should be fine I'll just ask if it's okay to the stylist that she was assisting she asked him he's like yeah that's fine so I put together this like really beautiful package like a pair of leggings a crop and then I wrote like a really nice letter and then I dropped it to Jenna and then she was like okay cool I'll take it to crown like tomorrow I was like okay great and then um the next day Jen's like oh she came back from the races early she's gone straight to bed I've given it to her assistant I'm like okay cool and then I was like you know what if she doesn't get them it's fine someone else will get them amazing um didn't still didn't know if she had them like maybe a month went past still don't know and then another month and then um I woke up in the morning one morning like a little bit early and I just checked my phone I had all these notifications on Instagram and I was like what the hell is going on and then it was like at Tallyloo at Tallyloo at Tallyloo where are these leggings from where are these leggings Mm -hmm. from I was like oh my god what is going on and then I realized that she'd posted a photo at boxing 
um, and she was wearing the leggings. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, shit. And then I get a message from my mum, and mum's like, oh my god, Gigi Hadid's wearing your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I know, I know, I know, I don't know how to keep up with this stuff. Um, and then, like, I had mum writing back to everyone. They're like, oh, they're Lululemon, they're Lululemon. No, 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 they're Lululemon. And my mum's writing back to every single person. No, they're Atelu, 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 Atelu. So that was really cool. And I think. For me, I was like, okay, this is cool. We've had like Gigi in them. And then that actually worked really well on our side for PR. Um, so just to say that Gigi Hadid had been in the leggings, we used that a lot in a lot of media releases and stuff. And it was cool because one of um, a, a friend of ours now, um, Mallory in LA, so she actually, Gigi was going to a PR agency in LA and she had the leggings on and one of the our friends now was like oh my god your leggings are amazing where are they from she's like oh they're this brand Tuli Lu from like <laughs> um from like Australia and she's like these are really cool so then Mallory actually contacted us and she's like oh Gigi came into the studio with your leggings on um I, I would love a pair and I was just so happy I was like oh my god she's actually wearing them like that makes me happy um, and then anyway, Mallory emailed and we're like, don't worry, we'll send you a pair. And actually to this day, we're actually really good friends with Mallory and she invited us to her wedding and everything through Gigi. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so um, awesome. yeah, I think that would probably be a pinch moment. Yeah, definitely. And you guys do base yourself in America a little bit as well? Do yeah. Do you really work there? Not so much last year, but yeah, we usually travel back and forth quite a bit just for like PR and like celebrity placement. And we find that when we travel to LA, we actually make more sales in Australia when we're away. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah. Aussies love you when they can't quite have you. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. It's really strange. So since we're being uh, like super, like I do want, I love hearing about like the highs, but also like what about like challenges? Like and like the you're running your own business. You're like, has there been any times where you're like, oh man? And I know you were only going to throw the towel in when Sarah jumped on board, mm. but we were chatting over coffee, and you were like, yeah, there's been moments where it's been challenging. Yeah. I, well, we're going through one right now. It's been going on for nearly three years now and I'm just... talking. <laughs> it's just like, oh, like, fuck, shoot me now. So we're actually going through a court case in China, which has been going on for three years, <sighs> um, a trademark court case. So in China, what they actually do um, is they... It's very different to Australia. Yeah. They... Uh, so what they do is basically, yeah, so they'll like go through Western brands and if you're quite successful, we're, we're quite successful in China, it's our main stockist and they order mm. a lot of stuff um, and they'll go through like Western brands that are like doing really well um, in China and then they'll search you and if you haven't trademarked your name or your logo and stuff, they will automatically, they'll go on, it's like these businesses, it's like blackmail kind of mm. um, and they'll go on and they'll buy it and then um, they'll kind of blackmail you. So when you're ready to register in China, they'll blackmail you and be like, oh, give us $500,000 and we'll give you your name back. Mm. Um, so that's kind of what we're battling at that's the moment. Crazy. It's freaking wild. And if we end up losing this case, we have to stop manufacturing under the name Talilu. We have to ch- um, stop selling in China. So we're kind of at the point now where we're nearly about to give up. Yeah. And we either have to keep fighting or give them more money or we have to completely change the name. And legal fees aren't cheap no, either. No, So, and that's what we did the end of the last year. We weighed up like how much we've spent so far mm. and we've actually got a meeting with our lawyer on Monday, which is great, um, and how much we're willing to spend and how much it is to rename the brand as yeah. well. So it's like, and it's just like, fuck, like what do we actually do? Mm. And it's yeah. hard, like it's just we both get stressed like, 
I know tell when an email pops up from the lawyer, she's like, I can't open it. Yeah, I can't, can't open it. Like no. it's one of those emails that I'm just like, it just sits there. And so we're like, have you read the email? I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, like it's really important to talk about, especially if you, you're running your own business. Are there people here that run their own business or own their own businesses? Yeah, it's hard. It's really, really mm-hmm. hard and it's challenging and there are a lot of copycats in – you probably notice it on a small scale as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, with other designers or ideas or, um, you know, it took me ages to not take copycats personally. Yeah. Because everyone's like, hi, it's form of flattery. And I'm like, yeah, wait till it's done to you. It doesn't yeah. feel like flattery yeah. at all. I know. It's the point that I used to go to bookstores and pick up cookbooks with the exact same recipe and a different author and you just oh, be like – Oh, yeah, that would annoy me. Mate. Yeah. But now I'm like, well, there's so many health authors. We can, there's only so many buckwheat pancake recipes. <laughs> there's going to be crossover. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's so challenging there. But I just wanted to explore the like highs and lows. One other thing, we didn't touch on this. We touched on this when we were out on drinks one night yeah. um, for our friend Kick's birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we didn't touch on this in our coffee date. How do you like, you're both um, successful entrepreneurial type women does that make the dating game hard? Like are people intimidated by you? Yeah, I I find, yeah, 100%. Um, people find me intimidating because people, guys, find me intimidating because I've been told like I'm a go-getter, just exactly what you said. It's like that independent kind of thing. I think people, guys get threatened. Um, and, yeah, it is hard. It's hard to yeah. date, 100%. Yeah. And you've got to come back to your intuition and your, and your gut. And yeah. Do you feel, well, well you're, you're like, Tully's kind of the face of it, yeah, so she um, can probably get it. And I'm, yeah, I'm way behind the scenes with it all. So, like, I crunch all the numbers, do all that kind of stuff, but I never I, I never switch off either. So yeah. that's a thing. So I actually just had a relationship <laughs> breakdown as well and he said to me, he's like, I wasn't a priority. It was always, like, family, yeah. friends, work, family, friends, work. And I was like, well, yeah, like I, like I love what we do. So... It's hard yeah, it finding hard. that balance between everything. And I think we're not to like talk here as like the loved up one or anything <laughs> like this because me and my boyfriend met on Bumble. So, you know, there is there is hope for like yeah. online dating. But um, yeah. but I think as well when that you meet that right match, yeah. it's someone that's like, I love that they're your priorities. Yeah. I, I, love work yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that you're a go-getter. I love that you're a hustler. I love that you're passionate about family, work and friends. Like I, And I think that when people have got the same like value system yeah. as you, it becomes almost like just breathing, like, yeah. you know, as opposed to needing to fit in with someone else, yeah, that, you true. know. Yeah. That's, I feel like, the old it's quite wise. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it's quite wise. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm really, really passionate about this. This is this is going so fast, by the way. So I'm trying to like t- st- yeah. stick to time. But I'm so, so passionate about mental health, mm-hmm. and I know you both have therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think how important is therapy and looking after your mental health in your life? Like, where does it sit on the priority spectrum? Um, for me, it's very high. Obviously, with my history of like eating disorder and depression, I can slip back into that very quickly. Like if I'm stressed or there's stuff going in my on in my life, again, it's like the only thing that I feel like I can control. So yeah, it's definitely a high priority. And I'm going to go back to this. I was about a year ago, I was actually listening to a podcast that Lola was on. And you were talking about like um, how we spend so much money and time on the outer stuff, like him, all that kind of stuff, going to the gym and stuff, but we forget to spend 
time and money on the inside stuff, like so seeing a therapist and doing all those things. And ever since I heard that, I was like, shit, I do need to spend more time and money and stuff on the inside stuff because at the end of the day, that's going to make me happy and it's going to make me a better person. The outside stuff doesn't, it's not as important. So I always remember that. So every time I'm like. Do you know who taught me that, Jad? He's like, you know, you go to the gym all the time. He's like, what about gym for your brain? Yeah, exactly. So um, I always remember that. So it's definitely a high priority. What about you? Same for me. I actually saw mine yesterday. Um, same. Yes. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> um, I, I go because I know I'm going to be a better person for going and I've never traditionally had tools in my toolkit to help me deal with situations. Like last year I was saying to tell, like, I just feel so angry, angry. And I was like, okay, why am I angry? Mm. And so it's exploring like all these things um, with my therapist, with what's going on in my life and also dealing with all the past shit, which I'm still carrying with me. And so I'm dropping that and I'm feeling much lighter and I'm getting to know myself a lot better, Yeah, which man. is like really liberating. Mm. I think also a lot of people think I need to see a ther- therapist because or a counsellor or any because there's shit going on in my life right now or I've gone through a breakup or I want to get rid of that stigma mm, yeah. because if you want to be a good person, see a therapist. Yeah, Seriously, like um, there's this really cool saying, it's like do the work on yourself and that work is constant. True. I will have a therapist for the rest of my life and I'm a pretty happy girl. Mm. And I went there initially for heartbreak. I was like, oh, man, I got to get over this heartbreak. And within three sessions that was totally packed up and, I totally realised I dated a narcissist. (laughs) And my therapist said, how long do you want to do that for? Right before I met Matt. It was like, how long do you want to keep doing this for? Um, And I was like, yeah, man, I need me. And as soon as I met Matt, I was like, I think I need to date a creative. And he's like, has it taken you 34 years to figure that one out? (laughs) But um, I said, can I keep seeing you? And he goes, Lola, my goal for you, my therapist said this, is for you to become bulletproof. And I know that sounds like I'm a bit of an A-type Uh, like quite driven and very disciplined and probably too much for a lot of people. Um, But um, he's like, if you want to be the best that you can be, the best version of yourself, he's like, therapy is a non-negotiable. So I go go weekly. And sometimes I'm like, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Other times I'm like, mate, I've got a plethora (laughs) of lists we need to go over. Um, But it is so cool because you exactly what Sarah said, you start to know yourself. You start to understand your psychology. You start to understand your blind spots. You start to understand triggers. You understand your demons. And when you understand, and these things even aren't bad, but when you understand them, they almost become this toolkit of compassion with other people, of uh, actually enjoying. Like it's like the way Jad spoke spoke through our kind of meditation. It's like it's kind of cool to feel and understand these things within ourselves. They're not bad. They're not good. They're just things. And I think if you want to become an epic human or be the best that you can be, do the work. See a therapist because 99% of people do not want to do the work. And that is what will separate you from having a dream and living the dream, I believe. There's my rant on therapy. <laughs> I'm very, very passionate about it. Um, just on the mental health thing because it's absolutely my favourite topic, I remember you and I did a podcast a while ago, back to back. So we were both going in recording oh, yeah. as, as a guest. And I remember I hadn't seen Tala for maybe a year yeah. in the flesh. 
And the, and the first thing that she said was, man, I've got massive social anxiety. You touched on it earlier. And I reckon you would, Sarah, you'd probably understand the feeling just from what yeah. you said of like or being uncomfortable uh, in yeah, some situations yeah. in, within yourself. And, and you're both obviously intuitive because mm. otherwise you wouldn't be living the passion that you're living. And just on the social anxiety, I think it's so common and I think sometimes we don't even realise that we've got it. I do acting school now because it terrifies me. And last night we were doing physical theatre, which just imagine interpretive dance. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I can't dance. And I remember there was a bit last night I was like, oh, my palms are sweating. <laughs> like I wasn't sweating but my palms were just like, get me out. I feel so nude right now. Um, and, I, and I've just, I don't know these 24 yeah. people. So I just want you to share, if you're comfortable, yeah. a bit about the social anxiety because I think – even if you think I don't need a therapist, I don't need to work on my mental health, I don't need to meditate, I'm I'm good and you totally, if that's your bag, great. But I think these little physical signs, the body is effing smart and sometimes the body can, like the physical body can outsmart this. Mm. And you might be like, I'm fine, I'm fine, but I feel like I'm going to vomit. I'm fine, I'm fine, <laughs> I'm fine. Or I'm sweating, I'm fine, but I, why am I sweating or why am I shaking why am I short of breath? Mm-hmm. What was social anxiety like for you? Yeah, well, I've never had social anxiety. Like, I'm a very social person. Like, stuff like this, I'm fine. Um, but I think I think social media has a lot to do with it, to be honest. Mm. Um, so I probably about two years ago, I think. I um, yeah, I we we're going to the races. Like, we we're in we we're walking into the bird. Ca- like, it's happened numerous times. But in big situations, like events and stuff. I just freak out now. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to control it, but we were going to the races and we're walking down and I was fine. And as soon as we walk into one marquee, I was like to Sarah, I'm like, I can't breathe. (laughs) I'm like, I can't breathe. I'm really, really hot. Like, oh my God, I'm sweating. I'm hot. My heart is pounding. Like what is going on? I think I'm going to (laughs) die. Like what is going on? And I was like, I have to get out of here. I have to get out of here. And then I just can't breathe. I'm like, this is hectic. And like, I, it's so wild because people will see on social media, oh, you're going to all these fun events and stuff, and they're not fun. <laughs> like, yeah. they're not fun. They and there's a lot so of much, fake people. Yeah, yeah. they give me fake so much dingoes. anxiety. Um, yeah, they give me so much anxiety. It's like I feel like I do feel like it's social media to blame because you're always worried about what other people are thinking and then you just overthink something and then you're like, fuck, I can't breathe. So, yeah, I, that's what I feel like. I just feel like something's inside me just taking over my body and I just can't breathe, get super sweaty, my heart's pounding. What do you use to? Just get the hell out of there. Yeah, <laughs> um, Yeah, I get out of there and then I just have to like work on like breathing techniques and just be like calm down a little bit. Usually I think every time I've been with oh, yeah. Sarah, I'm like, Sarah. <laughs> um, and then I've had another one in America when we were at this weird like, what was it, like a – it was a not a festival, but it was something. I get it in crowded places. And I think I just to interject. I think yeah. I know why you might have them. Yeah, I think I do too. But <laughs> um, we, were, we were in a terrorist attack in New York, uh, and so and I don't think I dealt with that. Yeah. What the hell happened? Um, <laughs> so we we're, we're in our hotel room, and we I, had a trade show in New yeah, York. Yeah, so we're yeah. doing a trade show. So we were wrecked. And so we went back to the hotel room. We went and had an early dinner, actually. Went back, tells her, I'm going to sleep. I was like, all right. And then I'm that annoying person that hits a pillow and is like dead. She's out. And I heard heard a noise and I was like, oh, no. And then went to bed and then all of a sudden we woke up to the loudspeaker of like the it was hotel. like the police. They're like, this is the NYPD. Stay yeah. away from the windows. And I'm like, <gasps> yes, and go take shelter in your bathroom. And we're like, what the fuck is happening? And like, like you could see like lights out, yeah. outside, like these 
police lights. And then I was like, <gasps> Sarah's like, run away from the windows. And we like, looked at our phone and had messages like, from literally, like, literally, you know, when you scroll your phone, you've got all everyone, are you guys safe? Oh, and I'm getting goosebumps. And yeah, like, I actually sent a message to my family. I was like, guys, I don't know what's happening. Like, I love you all. Like, no one was telling us anything. Uh, yeah. No one was telling us anything. So we went to the bathroom, locked ourselves in the bathroom because they were saying, get away from the windows, get away from the windows. We didn't so, know if there was a shooter. We didn't know what yeah, was happening I actually happening said to all. Sarah, I'm like, you know what? It's probably like a gunman outside. We're in America. It's probably like we don't know what it is. So then we went and no one was telling us anything. So we're on Twitter and like all these messages from Australia. Are you guys in Manhattan? I hope you're safe. I hope you're not in Chelsea. Um. Anyway, so we're on like the phone looking on Twitter and I was like, Sarah, what street are we on? Sarah's like 27th Street. I'm like, I like pause and I realized that the You bomb, just melted. Like yeah, you I like wailed. I'm not good in situations like that at all. Um, And I was like, uh-oh. And then I showed Sarah the phone and there was a bomb in a pressure cooker in a suitcase out the front of our hotel on 27th Street. Like out of all the streets in freaking New York, it was out the front of our hotel. And we actually walked past that suitcase coming back from dinner. Oh. Um, and so we were locked in the bathroom for seven hours. Still no one was telling us what was going on. I was just getting live updates from Twitter. And I've never, ever felt so frightened in my life. I can't even tell you. I was like, if that goes off, where? Farts, like yeah. actually farts. So I feel like I haven't dealt with that, and I think that's why I get social anxiety worse now. Uh, understandably. <laughs> Seriously, man. We've been through some stuff together. Not many yeah. people can say they've gone yeah. through that. Yeah, literally, it's like messaging mum and dad. I'm like, I love you. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, it was wild. Yeah. How was? How did they unpack that? Like, did they? Uh, like, did they? There was robots. Yeah, there was like those the bomb front, robot like the, things. I like, meant, how did they unpack oh, that with you? Like, the, the therapist. <laughs> <laughs> it's so okay. Meant the it's bomb. safe. This is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so there's special yeah, bomb they <laughs> um, But did the hotel? How did they manage you? The hotel? Nothing. Nothing. No, wow. and I had to have Sarah. Absolutely I'm nothing. Crying. Like I said, I'm not good in situations like that. We've been in two similar situations like that in America. And dear God, if anything ever happens, please hope that I'm not with you because I am so bad in situations like that. Sarah's like calm and I'm just like, like awful. So Sarah, I have to try and micromanage her. Yeah, she's I like, know it's that. fine, it's fine. <laughs> that probably calms you even yeah. more though. Like, you know, when you're I'm shooting myself inside. Yeah. <laughs> you're like a duck, you know how the duck's yeah. like, um, it's okay, it's okay, yeah. it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. We didn't talk about that at the coffee date. No, I'll tell you that much is free. Yeah. Yeah. But that makes a lot of sense. But also to me, that's like you got to unpack that with a yeah. therapist, not to like, mm-hmm. you know, like that's life and death. Mm. And I think um, my therapist says anxiety and panic and all of that, it's, it's a fear worse than death. Mm. Oh. So if you've faced that, if you've been in that fear and that's been confronting as it would for any other yeah. human being, um you know, it, it's 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 that kind of. I mean, the stakes are high. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm no therapist, but yeah. I know it's one of those Thanks, things. Dr. Have fun <laughs> unpacking that. Yeah, That's it's crazy. one of those things that I know I need to talk to someone about it, but I can't. It's, I it's can't. still hard. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's very understandably hard. Mm. It also explains the crowds yeah. and the, that <clears> stuff. <throat> Thank you for sharing that because I okay. imagine that yeah. would have been a little. As you were saying that, my whole body was just like <clears> covered <throat> in goosebumps. I was like, uh, fuck. Thank you both for sharing that. On a positive note, <laughs> <laughs> um, there are, I know there are people in the audience. I know that there are people that are going to be listening to this that are like, yeah, okay, I've got this goal. I've, I want to own my own business or I've got my own business. I want to take the next step. I want to – how 
can they? Like what, when I say how can they, like what's your like take home? Like, like, cause it's not just like get out there and do it mm. because like you probably mm. need financial backing. Like what's the, you know, is it like it's going to be really shit and hard and tough? Like what, what would your advice be? It can be, you know, as long as mm. you want it to be. Um, speaking personally, it's the hardest, scariest thing, but it's also the most rewarding. And Tal and I describe it as like the roller, roller coaster. coaster. So we have these high, high highs and like with the China thing, you still have all these lows, but I don't know. It's such a, it's a, yeah. it's a fun ride. Mm. It's So it's never boring. Yeah. Like, I, I just do it. I will like when I started the brand, like I'm probably not your typical this is showing my personality. I didn't have a business plan. I had money that my mom, my dad had left me and said, my dad's still alive, but like he'd left me money. And when we were 18, we could do whatever we want, travel or buy whatever. And with that money, I just kept it because I knew I wanted to start a business. So I, I had the money. I had an idea, packed my bags, went to Bali and started a business. I'm completely different to like where Sarah would have been like, have a business plan, like what's your SWOT, like strength, weaknesses. <laughs> I don't have, like I'm not like that. I have an idea and I'm like, let's just go get it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. At the end of the day, it's just money. If it fails, then at least I know I've tried and I'll just earn that money back. I'll get, you know, two or three jobs and I'll earn it back. So I just think my advice would be if you haven't, if you want to start a business, just follow your heart and just do it because like Sarah said, it's the most rewarding slash challenging thing ever. But, yeah, I'd just say follow your heart and just do it. I think that's probably why you do work so well together. Yeah. Like you've got the kind of like, the oh, yeah, the dreams, the mm-hmm. like the someone that almost the visionary, although you, you'd be a vis- Sarah would be a visionary as well. She's like, okay, now let me compartmentalise that so that we can actually make <laughs> this fly. The coffee. Mm-hmm. I can get – I've got a coffee brand with Matt, my – Boyfriend and, and our friend Rob, and I can guarantee you I have nothing to do with the numbers that Matt can tell you exactly the type of colour that is on each panel of the box. Um, he can tell you everything about the type of foil that's used for the sachets, and I'm like, just tell me it's recyclable because that's what I'm going to get murdered for. So, um, and, and I, so I probably lean more into, and I always have always looked at money as energy. Mm-hmm. So I've been like, energy is going to come, energy is going to go. So I think the moment that you like obsess or attach or onto money, you're probably going to limit yourself and your dreams. Yeah. And that sounds like a rich person's problem. I get that. But like there has definitely been times in my career where I'm like, oh, shit, I, and I still lean straight back into yoga teaching or mm. practising as a nutritionist and I'll lean into it when my job is like an actor, like you literally get a really cool gig and it, it you can live off that for a few months but then there's a few months between your next yeah. gig and you're like, shit, 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 when's yeah. the next bit going to be? And it might happen. I mean, you guys have got a really successful business but even with the coffee we'll get like a big load. Like if an influencer posts about us, probably the same as when like yeah. Gigi and you'll be like, oh, my God, we've got an all hands are on deck to get those sales out on time. yourself like. A week, or yeah, yeah. it'll go from back down to two or five, <laughs> yeah. or like, and so it's just being understanding that it's what you. And this is why this whole podcast exists. What you see on Instagram is a highlight reel. Mm-hmm. It is not Sarah doing the numbers, you know, and calculate. It's not them prepping for a meeting with a lawyer it's about not those China. We have, <laughs> yeah, it's not, you know. And I know there are other business owners in the room, and I think that. You need to know that, like, the, you're not the only one. Yeah, and the, but it's hard work. Mm. Like, what what's it hours like in a day? Can it be for you guys? 
Um, well, I get up at 5 a.m. Mm. I do a workout. Which Did you is... hear that, Matt? Did you hear that? <laughs> this morning he's like, why am I up at 5 a.m.? I must love you. And we're driving here and he's like, look at all these people running <laughs> at the uh, – wait, he goes, do, tra- do trams run at this time? And I'm like, hey, really? <laughs> I'm a morning bird, so I, I get up about the same I'm time. I'm a morning person too. This guy's a mus- musician, yeah. so like we'll work till 1 a.m. and then get up oh, at I 8. I not do that. Whereas I'm like lights out on 10, 10.30, I'm like, see you later. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt will have all these great business ideas at 11 p.m. <laughs> and so I'll get in the morning. Yeah, yesterday. we're morning. Pe- yeah. They, there's a book about it and it's like what type of. You the get 5 a.m. Sylvia, what is it? Yeah, 5 a.m. club. You should get 5 a.m. Yeah. club. Thank you. Thank you, Sylvia. <laughs> um, but there's also a book about like um, depending on your like it's almost like an archetype for when you're most. We get about three hours a day <laughs> where you're like. You're on. Yeah. You're on. And like minus coffee and all of that kind of stuff, we've got three productive hours and I'm like 5 to 8 a.m. Mm. So that's the line. Most people are what's called a bear and they're like that 11 to kind of like 2 kind of window, whereas hit 2 o'clock I'm like, see you later. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you never switch. Like I feel like your day is like as soon as you wake up you're thinking about business or what you can do or whatever and then you'll have like periods like – throughout the day where, you know, we might not work and then you're just always on though. Like I feel like so a typical day is like, yeah, you're always kind of on. Give us a typical day. I mean, yeah, same. We get up quite early, work out, emails. This one stuff. works out. That's all I see on Instagram. <laughs> Fox fit, yeah. F-body She's fit. always with me. I know, that's true. <laughs> I always will run, but sometimes we'll run into each other at yogs and be yeah. like, mate, how are you going? Oh, fuck, it's Christmas. Last time we started at Christmas time, I was like, Christmas has been going for two months. Yeah. yeah we're ready to tap out, you yeah. and I, by that stage. Yeah, so I mean like, and then work like throughout the day. And then I liked, I personally like to finish at like three-ish as well or like just have a couple of hours off and then I'll work more during the night. It just, it's like it depends. Too. Like you run a business to have a flexible life. I, you know, like we, well, that's why I like about running the business as well. It's like you have a, fle- you can have a flexible day, but you're always still on. So, um, I mean, it also depends on how busy at the moment, it's not very busy because China is in lockdown. So <laughs> I I deal a lot with China. So um, at the moment, it's not that crazy. But yeah, I don't know. How much of how much does your health kind of like have an impact on your business capacity or your your capacity to get so much done in a day? Because obviously, your go getters, these guys work really really hard. How much is the way you nourish yourself, your sleep? the way you move, obviously, like, exercise and health, everything you guys post is like, man, they're cooking up salmon again. (laughs) We like the same protein bars, you know. I've been putting the choc mint one in the fridge, like you said. Um, So how much does what I'm trying to say is, like, I know when my health, when I compromise my health, whether through eating I love chocolate and sugar and the bad stuff, like Marvelous Creations, I talk about it all the (laughs) two way too much. Um, I know when I've eaten that kind of stuff, I'm, like, good at work for, like, two hours and then I crash and then I feel really guilty the next day and I've kind of, like, lost for the investment of, like, really indulging or having not honouring my health, I generally lose a day of work out of feeling shitty about myself or beating myself mm-hmm. up or extreme dieting the next day to kind of, like, balance but, it yeah. out. So I just want to touch on being a nutritionist mm-hmm. as well. Um, how much does health have an impact on yeah, your capability as an entrepreneur and as somebody that um, needs to run with all cylinders firing? Uh, I think if, for me, 
it's probably the my mental health is probably the most critical. Yeah. Um, working out contributes to my mental health because I don't. I'm a much nicer person after I've had a sweat and things like that. Like. I, I need to work out in the morning like and get everything done and then, okay, I'm ready to go. Mm. But like how you were talking about like food and eating and things like that, I, I love chocolate too. So if I eat too much at night the next day, like I probably won't have a great sleep. So mm. then the next day I know that I won't be it's at my best. Finished. Like yeah. I can be sitting in front of emails and thinking like I said to tell the other day because I had a shocking night's sleep, I was like, I know what I want to write. Can you just like read it over? Because to me, it's not making sense. Mm-hmm. So it's finding what makes me fire on all cylinders. So it is working out in the morning. It's eating well, and then probably meditating. not meditating. Um, yoga for me. So I always start a Monday off doing a yoga class. I've seen now. you there. Yeah. I've seen you there. <laughs> um, it just grounds me. Yeah. Or else I'm too much in my head. I'm hearing what I'm feeling is like this clarity. Yeah. You feel clear when you're moving your body, eating well, sleeping well. Yeah. I think that we can't underestimate the power of health and helping us. Definitely mental health is like, I agree, the -hmm. king. But I think there's also all these other tools that we can tap into. And also like I don't think you can get away with dieting really and Mm. running a really good business because if you're skipping meals and stuff, you know, the way you were talking about the foggy email, like – yeah, sugar's going to do that to you, but also like under-consuming is going to do that to you. Would yeah. you say that as 100%, well? 100%, because when you are in that like diet headspace, I don't know about you, but that's constantly what you're thinking about, mm. like every minute of the day. It's, it's obsessive. Yeah. It is obsessive and you just start, yeah, and you can't work, can't concentrate and you're just unhappy. I'm going to – this has gone so fast. So fast. Oh, yeah, man. So does it feel like it's gone fast? I don't know. You're just It feels like we're just like having <laughs> out a little coffee and – um, like Matt's give me eyes like you've got a bit of time it's okay <laughs> I know but I want to know um, I, I really want to know like what does the dream look because we see Tully Lou exploding and doing really well and celebrities wearing it and you guys traveling around and kind of like non-stop but for each of you and it can look different what does the dream look like like you can fast forward two years five years like what does that look and feel like um I think having the freedom to travel and work when and where we want and I think diversifying the products we do have, like whether it be adding something else to do with the health and wellness realm, like that's something I have really want. Have your own wanna, podcast? Yes, maybe, <laughs> that's maybe. <laughs> um, that's what I'd really like to explore. I like I just love being able to service and inspire other people, whether it is through movement um, mental health or just some kind of sparking some kind of joy and light in their life. That's what mm-hmm. I'd like to do. Service, service and inspire other yeah. people. Very cool. Yeah, I agree. I, everything Sarah said, like we've spoken about this a lot and we one thing we do agree on <laughs> um, is where we see the brand in two years, which um, is good. So, um, yeah, and I think also what Sarah said, I would love to add in like another element to the business, um, especially towards I'm so, so passionate about body image to young women because those young women are going to, you know, be our future. So I would love to like focus more on or incorporating some kind of program or course or something just for healthy body image as well as obviously mental health. So I'm really passionate about that and I'd love to incorporate that somehow 
into the business. Awesome. Yes. Okay, finally, one final note. Just one, like what, do you have like a mantra or something that people could like hang on to or live by or anything that's just like if you're having a shitty day, what's kind of like, yeah, yours might be move your body, I don't know. No, well, this is what I've been, the last few weeks it's been mine. If I find myself like my head's just going to be like fuck off, it's just like I have to remind myself my cup's half full. Yeah. My cup's half full. And that just switches us something in my brain that, okay, look at the positive, find something grateful for. And That's like that Rumi quote. It's like act like life is rigged in your favour. Yeah. Changes everything. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I think for me I um, am reading, reading The Resilience Project at the moment and it's all about, all about empathy, meditation and gratitude so whenever I'm kind of like that I just think I'm you know I'm especially with all the shit that's going on in the world I'm just like okay I'm grateful for my health I'm grateful for my family my friends and to have a roof over my head I kind of just go back to that Mm. and then it makes me like think okay like everything's okay and then I kind of feel happy in a way how cool is that these are two like business go-getters and one is grateful and the other one is positivity it's not like I need more Mm. and yet they're creating more um, I'm stealing mine. I, I did a um, active intense work intensive workshop a couple of weeks ago. This is going to sound like a morbid morbid one, but he was like, start from I am enough, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm never enough. As weird as that sounds, it keeps you wanting to be better yourself and keep doing the work and keep like working on yourself and. It kind of holds you quite accountable while like what Jed was saying earlier, like it's compassionate, but it's like there is, you know, we can all work really hard on ourselves and be these beasts, man, <laughs> you know, like spiritual beasts, yeah. like super clear. Um, thank you both so, so much. We are going to do Q&As, but I just want to round the podcast up from a recording I'll keep it recording, I promise, Matt. Matt's like, keep it recording, don't end it. I want to thank the sponsors. So obviously we're in this incredible space, Willow. If you have not been here before, the retreat menu downstairs at the cafe, 10 out of 10. Yeah, I can see, Beck, you're kind of eyeing it off before you fly (laughs) out. Beck flew in from Brisbane just for today, you legend. Um, Also here I've had the best massages of my life here. So, oh, the mass, you guys have got it. I've had the, I don't know how to say, is it Shiradura where the... The oil is on your third eye. I've had mm. that massage done here. There is, you can get facials, there's crystals, there's infrared sauna. <laughs> I've taught yoga here. There's classes here. Soak it up. You have a class pass for Willow in your bag as well. Uh, the incredible sips are from Karmic, my favourite juice cleanse company in the world. Um, Sam is here who's the founder mm. and creator. We've been working together how many years now? Six years. Just had he's just had a little bambino as well. Mm. Um, so please try the karmic juices. They are so clean. Even when Tully walked in, she's like, "Yes, there's no fructose in those ones. I love it. <laughs> um, they're clean. You feel good, and it's cre- it's a company that's created with such um, brand integrity, which I love. Bud flowers for these beautiful goodies we've got here. Of course, Tully Luke's. We've got a little goodie goodie to be giving away in a sec. Um, 
leggings, uh, Lola Coffee, we're doing giveaways. We've got Leaf Skincare, Daily Aussie Organic Greens are in your goodie bag, Daily Bar, Wellbeing Magazine, a Conscious Collection Mag, Bally Blends, Remedy Kombucha, delicious. Um, Melrose have given Omega-3s for the brain. And then I've written Karmic again because you're so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So, and a big thank you as well to Jad for coming on and um, giving his time this morning. And I can say this on the podcast, we're about to do a podcast series just with Jad with guided meditations that all launch on the 21st of February. So, Mm. and you heard how calming and soothing his voice was. (laughs) I was seeing that because I'm trying to like tap in, but my like ATAP brain was like, oh yeah, he's going to be great on the podcast. (laughs) This is going to be awesome. Um, just to end, I made a little list of why this podcast exists and I'm all about having a clear intention of why I do what I do. It is to inspire, connect and learn and get just, I love getting absorbed in other people's passion because it evokes this kind of like spark and fire within you. That's why this podcast exists and I'm all about leading with truth now, so yeah. Like so thank you guys. Thank you so much for the sponsor. Let's do a big round of applause for these guys. Thank you. Thank you.